0: I'm Amanda Olberg, Managing Editor of Education Next. We invite you to join this week's Education Next podcast, available online Wednesday morning each week at educationnext.org. Each winter, thousands of school superintendents in the northern half of the United States routinely face the same decision whether or not to cancel school in light of an impending snowstorm. Concerns about student and teacher safety are of course paramount, but in practice are often weighed against the consequences of a lost day of instruction for student learning. Is there research they could draw on to inform these decisions? And could that same research teach us something more general about the central challenges of teaching and learning in American schools? I'm Marty West, Associate Editor of Education Next, and joining me today is Josh Goodman, An associate professor of economics at Harvard's Kennedy School, and the author of an EdNext article with the title Any Student Would Love in Defense of Snow Days. Thanks for taking the time to be here, Josh.
1: Thanks for having me, Marty.
0: So let's jump straight to the bottom line. You write in the conclusion of your article that, and I'll quote you directly here, superintendents watching the weather forecast should consider erring on the side of cancellation when an impending storm is likely to be severe enough to substantially disrupt student attendance. I suspect this recommendation has raised some eyebrows not least among working parents who have to scramble to arrange childcare uh, when schools close. So what exactly is your defensive snow days? Aren't you worried about the loss of instructional time?
1: Yeah, so, so let me just start by saying, uh, my study is a, uh, looking at student learning as an outcome. As a parent of three small children, uh, I absolutely acknowledge that the first thing on superintendents' minds is probably uh, student safety and uh, not driving the parents in the district crazy, and so uh, I recognize that those are major concerns. I just want to focus the discussion today on student learning itself as the outcome.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember the Providence superintendent a few years ago who basically lost his job because students got stuck on a bus on their way home from school in a day that uh, that's that was not canceled
1: yeah and 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 look i'm the i'm the chair of my kids daycare of the board of my kids daycare and we had a winter obviously last winter in boston where our daycare closed perhaps four or five times and i was I was furious and ready to try to fire everyone in sight, but, but, I, but I think there are other things that are important here. All right,
0: so let's talk about student learning then. Well, how is student learning impacted by snow days? Because it's not the way I think many of us would expect.
1: Right, so, so what my study found was that, uh, that the number of days that a school district closes due to snow in a given year seems totally unrelated to their test scores at the end of the year. And this was a surprising finding to me because I think that instructional time, my, my assumption is that instructional time does matter. Um, And so uh, what I found was that at least the days lost to snow days don't seem to matter. And my my theory about that is that uh, in most years and in most districts, uh, other than in sort of major snow events, Uh, Most districts have one, two, three snow days. And my suspicion is that teachers know how to deal with that lost time pretty well because the school is closed. There's usually uh, some knowledge ahead of time that the school is going to be closed. And the teachers can plan around that, push their lesson plans back a day, maybe cut something out of the curriculum a little bit later that's not going to be on a standardized test at the end of the year.
0: So can you tell us how you studied that issue and where uh, you did the study here in Massachusetts, that's right? That's right. most people would say well, places that get a lot of snow maybe differ in,
1: for lots of reasons. That's right. So so what I did in my study was to, to watch the same set of school districts over time in Massachusetts and study them in years when the same, you know, one district would get a lot of snow, and then that same district in the following year would get relatively little snow. And ask the question, in years when that district got a lot of snow, did its test scores look low relative to years when it didn't get that much snow?
0: So sitting here in Cambridge, comparing us today when it's 60 degrees uh, in the middle of uh, February uh, to last year, where I think there were nine feet of snow out on the uh, That's right, so
1: I'm, I'm very hesitant because I'm afraid I might jinx us, but so far this year in Cambridge, we haven't had any snow days, and so that's exactly the comparison. Cambridge this year to Cambridge last and year. And it shouldn't
0: matter at all for student learning.
1: Uh, so so what I found was that there was no relationship between the number of snow days year to year and student test scores year to year.
0: But you district. did find that snow events did ultimately impact student learning in another way, not through cancellation. That's is absolutely that right? right.
1: So that was a, that was a, um, that to me was actually the surprising finding of my paper, which is uh, the, the number of snow days didn't seem to be related to student learning. Uh, but in fact, the number of days with sort of moderate amounts of snow, let's say two, three, four, five inches of snow, On days like that, schools don't tend to shut down, but what you see are spikes in absence rates. So uh, in those days, the school is open, but some number of kids don't make it to school, either because the weather is making it tricky for transportation from their parents or public transit, or perhaps they're sick because the weather is lousy, but for some reason, absence rates are higher. And that does seem to impact student learning.
0: So how could it be the case that instructional time overall is not having an impact, but student absences are translating into substantial impacts on right. So
1: my working theory is that uh, something like a snow day where the entire class stays home is a relatively easy thing for a teacher to plan around. You just delay your lesson plans a day and you figure out something that can be cut out of the curriculum later in the year. Days in which five of my 25 students are absent are much harder for teachers to deal with, because you are then stuck with the question, do I teach what I intended to teach and then worry about the five kids when they come back to school the next day, or do I sort of, delay the lesson plan and those 20 kids suffer. So either way in those days, there, it's very hard for teachers to manage having set, large sets, two large sets of kids who are in very different places at a given time. Something that snow days don't actually create because all the kids end up in the same place at the end of the snow day.
0: And that suggests that this may be sort of a perennial challenge facing teachers is uh, we know that absence rates are are high overall, yeah. uh, that they're particularly high in disadvantaged communities. And so uh, this juggling act of meeting students where they are could be something that teachers are really wrestling with on a daily basis.
1: That's absolutely true. So it's very clear in the data, separate from this, the weather issue, that uh, student absences, that if your student is absent a lot of times in a given year, they're, they're going to do worse at the end of the year on their exams than, than in other years when they have fewer absences. So it does look like in the data that attendance is very strongly related to achievement. And I'll say I was a high school teacher for a couple of years in Watertown, Massachusetts, and I remember thinking that the hardest aspect of my job was keeping track of all 25 students in the classroom, making sure they were all Uh, roughly in the same place, you know, learning at the same point in the curriculum, particularly when every day at least one or two or three of them would be absent, trying to figure out methods for keeping those kids caught up, it's very tricky for teachers.
0: And one of the issues that comes up in this conversation is whether absences matter just for the student who's absent or for the classroom as a whole, for his or her peers. Do your results tell us anything about
1: that balance? So so I don't think the weather results tell us a ton about that, but I will say in the data I was looking at, it is very clear that uh, your own absences have a very clear relationship to your own achievement, but even conditional on that, if, if I say, look, I know how many absences you have, knowing how many times your peers were absent is also predictive of your achievement at the end of the year so that's at least suggestive that the disruption to your instructional time could come from you being absent or from your peers being absent and therefore taking the teachers time to away from you to deal with those folks.
0: Alright so maybe the real lesson here is less about snow days though that is obviously something in the forefront of people's mind in the winter and more about student absence and the value of finding ways to reduce it. Do you have any thoughts about how educators should think about that challenge?
1: Yeah, so I I think that's a great point. I think one thing, a really important thing to keep in mind is, at least in Massachusetts, the average number of days a kid misses of school due to snow is something like two. The average number of days they miss due to regular absences is something like eight to 10. So almost all the lost instructional time is coming from regular student absences. Um, I think we don't have a great handle yet on how to help absences. I think we're just beginning to see over the last couple of years uh, various social scientists and educators beginning to experiment with methods such as uh, informing parents about student attendance rates and seeing it turns out parents, at least of older kids, may not be quite as aware as we think they are of the fact that their kid is not attending school as frequently as they think. And so, and maybe may... how
0: frequently other students attend, right? That's
1: exactly right. So some folks here at the Kennedy School have been, uh, Todd Rogers here at the Kennedy School has been running experiments saying if we if we mail home information to parents saying your kid is absent this many days a year, his peers are absent this many days, sometimes that comparison is enough to motivate better attendance.
0: So at least until that strategy starts yielding widespread, uh, I guess, outbreaks of strep throat, uh, <laughs> then uh, maybe that's a worthwhile uh, avenue for improvement.
1: Absolutely. I'd also, I, frankly, I think another way to go is to, for schools and teachers to think about how to, what are best practices around dealing with absent students. Mm-hmm. Because at some point, there are some number of absences that we don't want to reduce. As you said, if a kid is genuinely sick, you don't want them coming into school. So we want teachers to have skills to deal with those kind of sort of genuine Excused absences, as and well. I
0: can hear some of my colleagues on the EdX editorial board already sort of uh, hailing the virtues of personalized learning technology as a potential solution. Absolutely,
1: here. exactly. So I, you know, I know all the people involved in EdX here and online learning. Sort of one of the things they love about their courses is you sort of, you put all this material online. People can proceed at their own pace. If they're homesick in their pajamas, they can still do the, the work. And and that's an interesting idea. At least for older students, it's hard for me to see that maybe the youngest students in our schools can deal with that stuff.
0: Well, that's something we'll be watching uh, going forward. In the meantime, uh, let me thank you, Josh, for taking a few minutes out of your day today to uh, join us on the podcast.
1: This has been great, Marty. Thanks so much.
0: Uh, audience, you can find Josh's article in Defense of Snow Days in the summer 2015 issue of Education Next at www.educationnext.org. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Education Next's weekly podcast released every Wednesday morning. For more on education reform, visit us online at educationnext.org.